everybody welcome to v radio I'm doing another stream today um, i wanted to go ahead and talk about this issue uh the funny thing is is that uh what led to me got going ahead and wanting to do this was actually some of the terrible takes about it so i'm gonna give people a few moments here to join us uh you know to get people in here but um thank you guys for coming and joining me today we're going to be discussing the uh, recent stabbing at the gender studies class in Canada, Waterloo, Canada. Um, so there have been some ridiculous takes about this topic as the left kind of scrambles to uh, figure out how they can make sure to blame this on anybody who disagrees with them. We're going to be talking about that as well. Um, as I am waiting for people to file in here, what I will probably do um, is play um, the video that I just did recently about this whole thing that's going on at pride because i think it's actually related um so i'm going to throw this on uh while we're waiting for people to file in and then this the reason i'm doing this is that it's relevant to what i'm going to be saying in this stream hey balloon knots good to see you man okay looks like you caught me live today so let me go ahead and um get this video up and in the meantime i'll still be in the chat I just want to give people an opportunity to show up because I just kind of literally just made this stream just now and then circulated it on social media. So, but um, you're listening to V Radio. Make sure you go to hy.page/vradio uh, where you can check out uh, lots of different places to watch my show. Because again, at this point, I'm kind of moving to like a lot of the streams I'm doing are basically like Neo Unrealist streams, and Neo Unrealist got kicked off of um, YouTube. So, I know my days are probably numbered. Especially since there's look, they're looking at another YouTube ad apocalypse coming up here pretty soon. So um, I'm going to play, like I said, this video that I just did. It's not very long, and that'll give time for people to show up. So is there actually somebody from Canada here? That's interesting. Cool. All right, folks. So let me go ahead and pull this up. All right, so again, this is the video that I just did on this topic, and I feel it's highly ironic because this is one of those called it situations and um i'll let you be the judge it's only about six minutes long and then after it's finished then i'll get into the new stuff that we're going to be discussing today thanks again everybody for tuning in looking for a group <laughs> lfg <laughs> you're forming a group but are we going to go do a raid or something in world of warcraft looking for a group and it's not actually my birthday by the way my birthday's in february so i don't know what that, what's about that but you know, so, okay, so I'm going to play this video um, again that I had done already uh, just to give people some time to get in here and also to give some backdrop on what this stream is going to be about. So it's time to talk about what's going on at Pride. Some time ago, crowdsourced politics warned me that I should not be telling everybody about the pedophiles that are using the LGBTQ activism as a means to get their hands on children. He stated that this would lead to more deaths. This was in the wake of the shooting that took place not long ago. And I've just got to say, if... Pointing out that there are pedophiles among the LGBTQ community is dangerous and might lead to more shooting deaths. 
then what the fuck is this? Like, th this is just sheer brain-dead nonsense. Like, this is going to get people hurt. Like, and I, and I say this as somebody, again, who has friends who are queer, who are trans, who are gay. It, this is sheer stupidity. Like, okay, so people are now saying, well, you, you know they were just joking or they're just trolling, right? There is nothing funny at all about insinuating that you are coming for someone's children. This isn't funny. It isn't cute. It's not smart. It's absolutely moronic. It's right up there with whoever thought this bullshit was a good idea. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. We're coming for them. And of course, Apparently, some of the people that were in that choir singing that alongside those activists happened to be pedophiles. I'm still looking into this uh, in depth, but the only articles I've ever found that suggest that they're debunking it just say, well, these people have common names or whatever. But basically, there was a list of the people in the choir that was scrubbed off of their website that had to be found on the Wayback Machine and some of them uh, appear to be convicted pedophiles. And I've talked about this issue already because, as I revealed in this video, there are several pedophiles who ended up getting convicted after making the same arguments that supposedly this is all a moral panic and that nobody's coming for your children to do them any harm, including literally people making the exact same arguments while they were simultaneously raping children. I also did a video uncovering that an award-winning author who also engages in education to help other people educate children just happened to write an article on one of her blogs stating that we should normalize sex between adults and children. I'm also sick to death of the whataboutism of jumping straight to the church, whether it's the Baptist church or the Catholic church. And yes, abuse is going on in both of those situations, but it's going on more in schools. And now we're trying to create a situation where teachers are enabled to speak to kids about these topics, show them graphic pictures and such about these topics. And both of those things are on the list of grooming. Like that's just like things you're showing immediately. Hey, if there's somebody talking to kids about this, you know, even under the guise of education is what the American Bar Association says. Well, that's grooming. So, why do you feel that bringing up that the church is doing this somehow makes this problem go away? It doesn't. Both can be true. That is why it's logically fallacious. I'm also done with the accusations of moral panic for suggesting that if we bring these things up, that we're placing people in danger. If you, if you are around this shit when it's going on, where people are saying we're coming for your children at Pride events, you should be panicking. You should be speaking up and stopping these people. If you care about LGBTQ people at all, you should be saying something. Because this is sheer stupidity. This will lead to people getting hurt. And, and playing around with the emotions of the people 
that it is that you're trying to convince you're not a threat to is just stupid. Just like the gay choir guy, he thought he was like, it was a, oh, it's a parody. It's a joke. Didn't you see how hilarious it was? No, it's not. It might be hilarious to somebody who does not have a child who's ever been abused. It's certainly not hilarious to any of the children who have been abused. It's certainly not funny to the parents of the children who have been abused. This is right up there with convincing racial activists that the best way for them to fight the fact that they are being profiled as violent criminals would be to go out into, into the streets and loot and burn and behave like violent criminals. It's absolutely asinine. If you are involved with this and you're not saying anything, go to your local proctologist. They may need some help from a chiropractor to remove your head from your ass. I'm going to end this video by bringing to your attention another BitChute exclusive. I got a hold of some video that has largely been scrubbed from the internet of a certain LGBTQ activist who is highly uh, regarded in the community having a history of being groomed themselves. Link will be in the description. Thanks for tuning in. All right, folks. I've got a much more respectable number of people here now. Welcome to V Radio. And uh, thank you to those of you who had already seen that video for enduring that. I just wanted to take an opportunity, you know, um, for uh, people to get in here. As somebody's bringing up the co in the chat, Oceana23, I'm actually going to be doing a video specifically about Faco and another guy named Wilhelm Reich, who were both like, uh, well, Wilhelm Reich was literally writing a book about like how to fight fascism and openly stated that, you know, you need to sexualize children to protect them from fascism. Like he's an Antifa author. And then Faco is a um, communist leaning guy who wanted to, you know, who actively raped boys like he went overseas to get himself some you know uh young boys that were prostitutes and he's another guy who's highly influential in antifa circles so that's why you end up with these people you know going and protecting these events so but anyway we're gonna be talking about a lot of that stuff um and the origins of queer theory well we're also going to talk about john money and kinsey and all of that that's i'm putting together a documentary called okay groomer and it's probably gonna end up being another bit shoot exclusive because there's no freaking way that i'm gonna be able to put something like that up here because i'm gonna end up no you didn't miss anything barton i'm still going i that, i just played that other video um just to get you guys warmed up again and remind you about how serious this issue is before i got started on the stream i wanted to give people some time to get in here I used to have a little meme video that I would play for that purpose. I'm going to have to like do that again. Um, coming up tomorrow, one of two things is going to happen. Just a little station identification. Liberty Unleashed and I will be doing another co-show on Sunday um, at 6. It's going to be one of two things. It's either going to be that I'm going to bring on Clint Curtis, the uh, hacker who testified before Congress that he was paid to rig elections because now we're allowed to talk about that on YouTube again. I actually got banned for a week for talking about it for about 10 seconds once during a six hour stream during the Rittenhouse trial. Um, you know, um, we're either going to talk to him. I haven't had a chance to confirm that yet. I got a hold of his secretary today, um, but he's going to come on the show to talk about, you know, election rigging because now we're allowed to talk about it again. 
The other possibility for tomorrow at six, we'll be uh, discussing and uh, like a deep dive into who the Patriot Front actually are and uh, going over information about that. So, um, yeah, and I'll, I'll put it on Rumble and I'll put it on Odyssey, uh, KM. I'll, I'll put it everywhere that I can. It's just not going to end up here. But part of the problem is, is, and that's why I have to do this, is people always ask, like, why do you use such graphic footage? And the reality is this, especially when it comes to the topic of dog comers, is that we're in a situation where if you don't show them the raw footage and the raw pictures, then they just deny it's happening. Because and they'll just say that's not true. You need to stop watching, you know, Fox News and blah 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 blah. Like that's not actually happening. You have no choice at that point but to show the most brazen and disgusting pictures and videos in order to get your point across. If you don't do it, you're just a liar. You know that that's how this works. So um, I want to thank all of you for tuning in. Let's get into what we were here to talk about today. Um, Oh, okay. So Barton says he is the identity of the two that wear a mask. Yeah, there's some information about that. Uh, one of them wasn't even wearing a mask. It's the guy that they identified, I guess, who got kicked out of the Proud Boys for racism, which was extremely ironic. So anyway, so what the reason I played that video again is that if you remember, guys, what was what was it that I was ranting about? I said that somebody might get hurt. This This brazen suggesting we're coming for your children during Pride Month it's not funny. It's not cute. It's dangerous. It's it's not only not funny because there are kids who have been targeted and their lives are destroyed because of it. It's not funny because we're talking about child rape, right? That's what you're insinuating. It's not funny because you think you're trolling people by insinuating that you might come after their children. This is just sheer lunacy. And I actually shared that video with Leah Keith and she completely agreed with me. And she's a long time lesbian activist you know the the lgb would like to get a divorce from the t and the q and at this point i kind of hope that it happens because as much as there are trans people i care about there are right i had freya on the show you know she's great um it, it also is a problem with what's going on in that activism is just out of control and when mac Beggs talked to me on the phone they agreed with me about a lot of that stuff and i'll be going into what i'm going to do about that mac Beggs situation here pretty soon i'm still just trying to give them some opportunity to reply to me before i do it but I have some more information, um, and I also have a recorded phone call conversation with Mac Beggs, and I'm not going to release the whole thing because there's private information there that's not relevant, but we will have more discussion about Mac Beggs before I am finished. I was just hoping to bring them on so that they can discuss it themselves, um, but apparently they, they ghosted. They went from rescheduling to no longer answering my phone calls and no longer answering my texts, so... We'll see what comes out of it. I want to, when I get, once again, thank everybody who showed up for the various times that I scheduled that interview that it didn't end up happening. So, but anyway, you guys came here to talk about the, uh, or rather to learn about the stabbing. Um, Lucifer for the Doberman super chat. What does it say? Blech. I know you hate me, but you do amazing work. Keep it up. I don't hate you, Lucifer. You have to remember what this is about. You're one of my mods, and I made it clear that my problem with Sitch and Adam had to do with them giving misleading information about what went on in Iraq. And as Glenn Greenwald has recently revealed, the same people who brought us Iraq are influencing what's going on in Ukraine right now. And when they circulate stupidity like, have you considered America bad, to mock anyone who thinks that the U.S. government might ever do anything wrong in its foreign policy... Yeah, I'm going to say something about that. And it's not my ego. 
is that somebody is saying something grossly bad and stupid and misleading and dangerous. Millions of people died because of Iraq. Hundreds of thousands, but you get the point. It's not, it, that's not something somebody should just be free to lie about and not get called out about it. It has nothing to do with my ego. So, and that's, that's why you got derenched. It wasn't because you dared challenge my authority. And it wasn't because, you know, I was trying to censor you or whatever other ridiculous nonsense that the people who circle jerk in Sitchin Adams chat was saying. It was because of the fact that, no, it's not about my ego, period. I don't do this shit for my ego. And I'm certainly not biased. That was another thing that Sitch and Adam said about me that's ridiculous. Like, I'm the left-leaning guy who alienated 70% of his audience because I told the truth about Kyle Rittenhouse. But that's a topic for another time. I still have one final video to do about Sitch and Adam because I have clips of them shit-talking me on their stream and just inventing lies that I'm going to be dealing with. So but let's get into the stream here, guys. I always answer the... Uh... Oh, okay, so FX says even Adam recently has pushed back on Sitch's high standard of evidence that does not allow for the human nature and trust of authority. Well, that's good. Maybe they'll, you know, again, they're right up there in the same club of we, you know, these are the people who need to make an appointment with their proctologist to pull their heads out of their ass because I, I just, it's, it's not just, again, it's not just that you disagree with it or whatever. It's just dangerous. That's the kind of rhetoric that covers up for these people that take us to these ridiculous wars. So anyway, enough about them for now. We'll get back to the foreign policy issue, I assure you, because I'm really big on anti-war. We're now going to discuss the issue of the stabbing in Waterloo, Canada um, that went on. And I'm, I'm going to start with this video first. You'll have to excuse the, uh, the little um, pauses in between when I'm doing things. I'm still getting used to navigating Restream in a seamless manner. But warning, this video contains disturbing content not suitable for all viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. I mean, they're going to label this an adult video as it is. All right, folks, let's get into it. How are you feeling today? I think I'm still like in an adrenaline rush. Like that's something that the therapist had said to us and like I'm still a bit of shock and also I'm just feeling a bit angry because like I personally was not injured from the attack. Like I was scared for my life, but I know that my professor and two of my classmates were injured. What happened? So our class was, it's called gender issues, but it's like philosophy of gender. And we had been going through one of the course readings and we had just finished that and the professor wanted to talk to us about the course project for the term. So it was towards the end of the class and a man came in with a backpack. He said to the teacher like, oh, is this such and such psychology class? And the professor replied, oh no, this is, you're probably in the wrong class. Then he said, oh, what class is this? The professor replied, like this is a gender class or philosophy of gender class. The man then replied and said, oh, can I stay? The professor then said to him, um, we need to continue our class. Could you please leave? And while the man was listening to her reply, he put down his backpack in front of him at his feet and he pulled out a knife 
it, and it still had like one of those like sheaths or covers on it, like a plastic one. And the thing that disgusts me the most is that this vile, mischievous smile that he had on his face, and immediately the professor's face like just turned to like pure fear, and also the other classmates were like starting to scream. He raised the knife and started chasing the professor. She ran down the middle of the classroom. So our classroom is like a rectangle, but there's only one entrance at the front where the man had entered. And she ran to the back of the class. At this point, it was just pandemonium. Everyone was screaming. And I, what I remember was just being near the front row, sitting in fear, thinking, what's going on? She, my professor was running in the back being chased by this guy and the whole time I don't think he said anything he was just chasing her and I thought in the heat of the moment I need to like at least attack him or injure him so I grabbed a chair right was as he cornered the professor in the back of the room and threw a chair at him the and when I threw the chair I remember seeing the professor was like on the ground covering her face and screaming and I threw the chair and then the next thing I know, I was running outside with a bunch of the other students and I was screaming to them, like, get out of the building now because, you know, like, don't be in the building, just leave. Eventually, I saw it was me and I think, yeah, three other students, all girls. We ended up fleeing out of the one of the Haggy Hall entrances, the main entrance for the theater. And we were running down like a set of stairs and we saw two maintenance workers and started screaming at them. There's a man with a knife attacking our teacher, call 911. And at this point, I realized I had left my phone in the class. And, but thankfully, one of me and the other students, like she had her phone with us and we then called 911. And then me and the people who were not like crying hysterically, we started screaming at anyone we saw walking towards the building, don't go in, don't go in, like go home and call 911. Did you see him injure these people? No. Did you see her get injured? I witnessed the initial moments when he attempted, began stabbing the professor while she was on the ground in the back of the room. I only know about the injuries from the testimony of the other students once we had gathered in the crowds with the police and paramedics. Once we were outside and we had gathered with other like people from the street and all like, you know, cool down period with each other. We were sitting on the lawn near like Haggy Hall. And the, uh, like, I think that's the career center building. And that's where all the cops had parked and the ambulances and the SWAT team. We, I saw like the man, like based on the figure and the color of his clothes in cuffs with two officers escorting the attacker to a car. That's all I saw. But I got a view of his face when he was in the class because he was at the front of the class talking to our professor. Police say this was a gender issue class. Police believe he was motivated by hate. Do you agree with that? Honestly, I think that's the truth. Now, I say that because, like, as I described when the man entered the room, the sort of distraction questions he sort of asked like, is this a psychology class? Now, if someone is lost and they're told this is such and such class, they would probably leave because they are looking for their psychology class. But the fact that his body, his 
body language changed when the professor answered that this is like the gender philosophy class. That that I think this was motivated. Why? And by like hatred of transgender people and queer people in general. If if I might speak my own opinion about this for a bit. Sure. So in the last few years there's been a lot of social stress and anxiety over the treatment of like transgender people in society. So I have to agree with the people in the chat that are saying that something seems a little off about this. This guy reminds me a little bit of the, um, oh, I can't believe I forgot his name. But anyway, he went to a school where there was a mass shooting and now he's kind of a professional grifter on that topic. But there's something not 100% authentic about this. But I mean, I'm not going to speculate. I'm not saying he's a crisis actor or something, but one of the things we're going to be talking about today is the way that the media is just eating this up and the rhetoric that's going to be spit out, especially the rising clip I'm going to show you guys. The rising clip is literally why I did this stream, and you'll see when I get to it. But first, let's get the facts out. Society ranging from, you know, like decent acceptance, the same way like like gay people like me are, are being treated versus the sort of double double speak that you will hear certain social conservatives say about they don't want gender ideology being taught to children or the accusations that we might hear in some news stories of like the children being taught to be transgender in my opinion that's complete nonsense because if i replace transgender with like gay or lesbian immediately most people would say that's complete and based on you know, my own awareness of some people in society who are just bigots and violent bigots like this incident shows, the fact that this person was so, like, he almost smiled when he learned that this was the gender class. Now, there is a sort of conspiratorial talking point of how the universities are indoctrinating the children and the kids into being transgender or hating you know, hating traditional values or some nonsense like that. But I've taken this gender class. This class is about seriously looking at like, what is gender based on the cultural, historical, and social context of a society and asking what should we do? What really are the facts of like how human existence is? And saying, what are the, it's all open-ended questions. Like the syllabus of the class is like, what is sex and what is gender? What are the facts of this? Right. And what does this mean for like treatment of other people and political and social policy? Did I expect this to happen? Honestly, a bit. Because just given the, the you know, the social and political climate of the last few years of like, like violent right-wing conspiracies spewed through like social media and becoming a talking point even in the mainstream media i'm i'm not surprised that eventually someone be becomes so ideologically deluded that they think that they're doing justice when they attack an instructor and children mm -hmm. one thing i want to emphasize is that my classmates are like second and third years they're like maybe 2021 20, like these are f kids Were you afraid for your life? Yes. You thought this man could have killed someone? Yes. He clearly wanted to kill someone. 
Oh my God. Like I heard from my, my friends, you know, in the cool down period that the university had done some sort of emergency alert test this morning, like the morning yesterday on Thursday, uh, Wednesday, the, the day of the attack. However, during the, when the attack happened, there was at least, you know, 20, 40 minutes before the police had arrived and there was no like campus-wide alert or even just a suggestion, even something saying like, maybe you should leave campus. Why did you the... want to talk to me? Uh, like, I'll, I'll be honest, like after we had fled the building and we'd been gathered and were meeting with the wonderful therapists and counselors, mm -hmm. we were asked by the police if we were willing to give interviews to the detectives. And one horrible thing is that because the attack happened in our classroom, a lot of us had left our home keys, our wallets and our phones in the class. You know, it's our life or our property. Life, trump life trumps over that. And the result was a lot of us were just waiting for the p police to finish their forensics because then they would give us the items that were clean of blood. Some students, their belongings were stained with the blood of their classmates and the instructor. So all of us were just shaking and by the end, maybe like five or six, it was just like just exhaustion and like dry tears. <laughs> so the more this goes on, the more it feels like he had like, you know, as Tam pointed out, so many buzzwords like he seems awfully prepared to discuss this issue in an extremely in-depth political way. Right. You know, again, I not conspiracy theorizing if this is a crisis actor or whatever that that's not the issue but whoever this is is very clearly trying to twist this ideologically they want to they don't want to discuss any other motivation it's about dangerous right right-wing rhetoric you know it couldn't possibly have anything to do with people marching at pride parades chanting that they're coming for your children couldn't have anything to do with that it, it, it couldn't have anything to do with the insane ridiculous like hateful and and often like just um uh, what would i say like inquisition like behavior of the woke movement couldn't have anything to do with telling parents you know that you're a bad person if you don't go along with what we're doing it couldn't have anything to do with uh telling kids that it's okay to lie to their parents about it you know it couldn't have anything to do with all the lies about the fact that they are in fact targeting children for this indoctrination. It couldn't be anything to do with the guy, you know, George Takei, who just happened to have his first sexual activity at 13 years old from an adult camp counselor going out, telling everyone that there's no grooming going on. Couldn't have anything to do with any of that. It's all got to be about right wing this and right wing that. This is your fault. You, you made this happen because you complained about the thing that is actually going on that we're desperately lying, trying to convince you is not going on. Since Strategic Eyes is in this, you know, chat, I want to say hello, and I also want to say, let's keep going. And so for me, I, I knew my stuff was at the front of the class, and I thought, you know, I could probably get my stuff. It's not, you know, a of evidence for the crime. And eventually one of the officers said, like, they're now willing to let us take some of our items that are clean. 
before addressing the stained with blood items for the mm -hmm. students in the back. And honestly, I was just e emotionally exhausted. I just wanted to go home. And a bunch of my friends had like come to the building to like take me home. We ended up walking home. And one of my classmates said a reporter from Global News mm -hmm. was looking for people mm -hmm. from the actual room. Mm -hmm. And well, wow. I Thank feel you so much. Yeah. Sorry about that. So the other thing is, is um, people. I saw people in the chat commenting that the interviewer looked like she was smiling, and I didn't see that at first. I did see her look like she was about to burst into tears or whatever, um, you know. But I did, you know, at it was weird because it almost looked like she was mildly amused or something, you know, like that was the the thing. So anyway, moving on. Um, we're gonna watch some of the news coverage on this topic. We're gonna watch the uh, police coverage on this topic um a couple of other things and uh then you know we're going to get into the main reason why i decided to do this was that the the way that this is being spun in seconds to try to look like this is the fault of right-wing talking points or whatever is absolutely disgusting and they're blaming people like jordan peterson for example we're going to get into that in a moment you have to sit there and we get to listen to poor Robbie over at Rising have to suffer through Brianna Joy, you know, Brianna Joy Gray again. You're listening to V Radio, folks. Um, make sure that you go to hy.page slash V Radio and check me out on all my mediums. I'm going to be doing streams like this a lot, I imagine. My days are probably numbered on YouTube. It's just a matter of time. So make sure that you can come over to the, you know, to a Rumble and all the other places I am, Odyssey, etc. But yeah, we actually, John Jackson, we will be looking at some photos of the guy, and um, I have an article that's specifically trying to identify who he is. Um, in fact, maybe we should just go ahead and go to that next. We'll do that. So um, there's one article that I found that actually tried to get into him. It's currently out of, um, and I'm sorry for taking my image down, guys. For some reason, when I use the virtual camera on OBS, it creates all those video problems you saw when I was trying to play that. But anyway... Um, they they basically one article actually tried to get into who he was and again it's it's from a website that i can't really confirm how great it is you know but we'll definitely see there you know but yeah strategic eyes if you haven't checked out strategic eyes you should totally check out his channel give it a subscription he's one of my favorite youtubers and he's also criminally undersubbed and somehow got demonetized and his stuff is more like tame than mine so Although still very good. I know, and I'm not trying to denigrate it. What I'm getting at is, is that the idea that they would demonetize him and then somehow I'm still monetized. Or actually, my monetization thing was kind of weird because it went from I'm monetized, I get demonetized, I apply to get re-monetized, and they deny me. Then like months later, I somehow got re-monetized without asking, without like, it was just suddenly done. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not gonna argue with this. So anyway, guys. You know, you can find him in my featured channels, and we always share his stuff every time we see it. You guys will totally love Strategic Eyes, uh, one of my favorites. So, all right, let's go ahead and get into the next thing I wanted to watch about this. Actually, we'll look at this article, as John Jackson pointed out, to kind of get a better idea of who this kid is. 
one who did the stabbing, not the the weird like activist guy who was obviously jumping on TV to throw as many buzzwords out as possible. Um, so let's go ahead and do that. I'm going to stop screen sharing that. You can look at my ugly OBS symbol for just a moment. Oh, okay. Let's see. So this is a picture of him. And uh, yeah, he's a, a little odd looking um, for sure. But this is the guy apparently who did it. This was put up on 4chan because I always... When something like this happens, they usually have like in-depth information about people like this. Um, you know, but yeah, not exactly a normal looking dude. Um, you know, but I guess what is normal. But, you know, and then so I have this article, which is actually where I got some of the information from his social media. And if anybody has stuff like that, if you get any pictures of a guy's social media, you know, make sure I get it. Because in many cases, right after something like this, information like about what's posted on someone's social media is one of the first things to go. So if you see stuff like this, make sure you grab it as soon as you can. And again, um, I don't know this website very well, but this information fits in pretty well with all the other information that I've seen. But here's the guy again. Now, once again, not your your straight white male MAGA hot Christian wearing Trump supporting guy, obviously. Um, so, so much for that, right? But apparently his name is Giovanni Villalaba Ailman. A 24-year-old international student was arrested after a stabbing spree at the University of Waterloo in Canada. Left three people, including a professor, injured during a gender studies class. The incident reportedly occurred Wednesday on June 28, 2023, when the suspect walked into a Canadian university lecture classroom and stabbed a 38-year-old professor. The suspect then proceeded to slash a 20-year-old female student and a 19-year-old male student with a knife after they tried to save the professor from the violent assault. Um, they're saying, you know, quote, the accused targeted a gender studies class and investigators believe it was a hate-motivated incident related to gender expression and gender identity. Um, but like this is the a picture of him getting arrested and then a picture of his Facebook account. You know, what's really important is, is that you know, like we still like from what I understand, we still don't have the manifesto of the recent trans shooter, for example. You know, they they want to cover this kind of stuff up. The only reason I know that Daryl Brooks was a white supremacist and the only reason that I know that the I'm sorry, white supremacist, black supremacist. Um, the only reason that I know that the New York City shooter was a black supremacist is because you go to their social media as fast as you can and get as much information as you can, because they will scrap that shit as quick as possible so that they can take control of the media and take control of the narrative. Like, if you remember, guys, like, what were all the reports about Kyle Rittenhouse were all like, you know, white, suspected, supremacist, you know, fascist guy. <laughs> and it all ended up being false. but. You know, but you your only evidence at that point is going to be stuff like this, you know. So, um, but that's him, you know. He it says actually, okay, because I'm there we go. It says apparently he disliked the pride events at the University of Waterloo. Um on Thursday, June 29th, regional police revealed um that Waterloo stabbing suspect is a recent graduate from the school where the attack had occurred. Um, Facebook account that appeared to belong to the suspect showed that Giovanni Villalabo Elman is originally from Quito, Ecuador, 
and was living in Waterloo, Ontario, while he was studying at the university prior to moving to Canada for his college studies. He graduated from Unidad at Educativa Municipal Calderon High School in Ecuador in 2017. Um, whoever American is says, I've talked to a few of his friends, and so far, we we'll all say they're pretty shocked. That, that, but there was something off, and he really struggled to interact with people. He mostly spent all his free time online and by himself. Um, anyway, the page revealed that they moved to Canada in 2018, where he started studying at the school. The page stated that the suspect graduated from the university. You know, so, you know, anyway, this is the kid, you know, again, kind of a socially awkward guy. I can't imagine anybody choosing to wear clothes like that in the 20th century, but apparently we did. Um, you know, so anyway, that's what I had as far as like more information about him, you know, but apparently he, um, you know, doesn't care for pride events. So that's, that's what they said. He was some kind of conservative from Ecuador, you know, but don't forget it's only straight white males who ever hate anybody. Right. You know, so anyway, let's go ahead and, um, Get back to the next one I wanted to go over. We're going to go over some of the coverage that came from, let me see. Well, actually, let's start with the police uh, press conference, and then we'll take it from there. Thanks for your listening today, guys. Sorry, I don't have my pretty channel picture up right now. Again, for some reason, that that feature of OBS is causing my other videos to lag, and it looks terrible when I look back on it later, so... I don't know what the story is because like um, I've never had that problem before. I have a much more powerful computer. I have a good internet connection. But when I play videos on YouTube right now during streams, it's causing problems. So, you know, but anyway, Black Sheepdog says he's dying in this Texas heat. I think it's probably karma for all the times you claimed that my hair was purple. So you're getting what you deserve, buddy. You should watch the Joker movie. Call people's hair purple. You might end up getting hot down in Texas. And I don't mean in a good way. All right. So let's see. Where is it? What's it called? Okay, here we go. Sorry about this, folks. This is not the greatest way to do this, but wanted to get it done quickly. Find it this way. Do, 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 do. Okay, here we go. Police press conference on this topic. Um, I'll pause it periodically. If it gets to be too boring or whatever, we'll take it off. Let's have a look. Good afternoon. My name is Constable Andre Johnson. For joining us today as we provide an update on the multiple stabbing incident that occurred yesterday on the campus of the University of Waterloo. Chief Mark Kroll will be providing an update on the investigation. Also present, also present is James Rush, Vice President, Academic and Provost, and Karen Redman, Regional Chair and Chair of the Waterloo Regional Police Services Board. After prepared remarks have been provided, we will allow questions from the media regarding the investigation. Chief Kroll. Thanks, Andre. Good afternoon. I'd like to thank you all for joining today as we provide an update into the major incident that took place yesterday on the campus of the University of Waterloo. I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the victims of the attack, all the students, faculty, staff, and the University of Waterloo community who are affected by these senseless acts of violence. 
On behalf of the Waterloo Regional Police Service, we denounce all forms of hate in Waterloo Region and beyond, and we stand with those who are targeted by these crimes. I also want to take a moment to thank all those emergency services personnel who responded to the critical incident yesterday, including Waterloo Region Paramedic Services and the University of Waterloo Special Constable Services. Members of our integrated mobile police and crisis team, IMPACT, those are our partners with the Canadian Mental Health Association, were on scene on campus throughout the evening yesterday and remained, remain engaged throughout uh, campus providing support. Today we are announcing that we have arrested Giovanni Villalba Ailman, a 24-year-old male who was an international student at the University of Waterloo who recently graduated. He has been charged with the following offences. Three counts of aggravated assault, four counts of assault with a weapon, two counts of possession of a weapon for a dangerous purpose, and mischief under $5,000. Mr. Villalba Ailman was held in police custody overnight. A court appearance was held today and may still be ongoing, and we have recommended that he be remanded in custody. I want to take some time to walk through our investigation to date and provide some clarity on the circumstances that led to the devastating violence that occurred yesterday. At 3.37 p.m., our communication center received multiple 911 calls from students at the University of Waterloo advising that people inside a classroom had been stabbed. Thankfully and proudly, members of the Waterloo Regional Police Service immediately responded and arrested the suspect to quickly restore public safety and calm. Members of the WRPS Neighborhood Policing North Division Patrol were immediately dispatched to the university campus. The first officer arrived on scene within three minutes at 3.40 p.m. Officers were directed inside of Haggy Hall where the stabbings had occurred and they located the accused male within the building and placed him under arrest without further incident. Officers were directed, sorry, initially the accused had posed to be a victim. However, officers quickly identified him and placed him under arrest once he was uh, identified based on the description provided. Since our initial response, we have learned more information in regards to exactly what occurred. WRPS investigators have determined that the accused specifically targeted a gender studies class in Haggie Hall at approximately 3.30 p.m. The accused was not a member of the class, but spoke with a professor in the classroom before attacking her with two large knives without provocation. Several students attempted to stop the attack, while others fled the room. While students were trying to escape, the accused stabbed two students and attempted to stab a third student who was not physically injured. As a result of the attack, the following physical injuries were reported. The involved professor, a 38-year-old female, sustained serious but not life-threatening injuries from the stab wounds and was transported to an out-of-region hospital. Two students within the class were injured. A 20-year-old female sustained serious but non-life-threatening injuries from stab wounds and was transported to an out-of-region hospital as well. And a 19-year-old male sustained non-life-threatening injuries as a result of stab wounds and was transported to a local hospital. In terms of the investigation that has been conducted thus far, investigators have reason to believe that this was a planned and targeted attack motivated by hate related to gender expression and gender identity. I'd like to stress that the investigation remains underway and some details have not yet been clarified. We appreciate your collective patience while this occurs. We have since sought judicial authorization to search the suspect's home for, to further our investigation. At this point, there's no information to suggest that the suspect coordinated with anyone else in carrying out this attack. At this point, our investigators are not ruling anything out. 
uh, in understanding the motivations behind this incident. And as always, we work closely with other policing and public safety partners, however necessary. The WRPS Equity, Diversity and Inclusion Unit has conducted outreach with effective community partners across Waterloo Region. It is both sad and disturbing that this incident has occurred during Pride Month, a time where we celebrate and recognize members of the 2S LGBTQIA community. We hope that- Oh my God, the police department has a diversity, equity and inclusion department? Oh, Dan. And of course, it's terrible that it happened during Pride Month. Let's keep going. This incident does not diminish from these celebrations, but instead encourages us all to come together, to continue to celebrate and continue to inspire love over hate. Again, we extend our sincere condolences to all those impacted by this senseless act of hatred. Our members will continue to work tirelessly on this investigation to ensure that no further harm or threat exists and to bring closure to victims, the University of Waterloo and the entire Waterloo Region community. Once again, I'd like to thank all members of the Waterloo Regional Police Service and all responding community partners who have worked closely with the University towards a safe resolution to this dynamic and traumatic incident. After we hear from Chair Karen Redman, who is the Chair of our Police Services Board and Chair of the Regional Waterloo Region, I will be available to answer any questions that you may have. Thank you. Good afternoon and thank you all for being here. I first want to acknowledge that our hearts are with the entire University of Waterloo today and I am especially thinking of the professor and the students in that class. On behalf of the Regional Council, I am wishing for a speedy recovery for all victims as well as healing for all within the University of Waterloo community. Please know you have my support and the support of the entire Waterloo Region. As chair of both the Region of Waterloo and the Waterloo Regional Police Service Board, I would like to start by acknowledging the incredible response by our first responders to yesterday's horrific attack. I'm thankful for how WRPS and other emergency services personnel quickly apprehended the suspect and provided immediate support to victims. Like everyone, I read the news of what happened yesterday with shock, horror, and a great deal of sadness. This community has been my home for my entire life, and I am proud that we are known internationally as a safe, welcoming, and inclusive place. Yesterday's violence is not Waterloo Region. It is not the community that we call home. This incident is a tragic reminder during Pride Month that as we celebrate our progress, the safety and well-being of some in our community is still in question. Today, we are one community standing strong behind you, and we hope for a quick recovery and healing. As this investigation is ongoing, I know WRPS will be thorough and meticulous. And again, I want to thank the staff, students, and community at the University of Waterloo for their response, and the greater community for its support. While this is a shocking and horrific act, it must be denounced. We must make it exceptionally clear that hate or prejudice in any form is unacceptable. Gender-based violence undermines the dignity and the rights of all residents. Let's use our collective voice to speak out, promote inclusion and recommit to the necessary and critical work to create a safe, welcoming and inclusive community for absolutely everyone. Thank you. Thank you.
absolutely everyone except for straight white cisgender males. <laughs> anyway, let's go. You've crawl and thank you, Chair Redman. Uh, we will now open the floor up for any questions that you may have. Chief Simon Bigley from CBC News. Um, you mentioned the hate and the gender. Can you give us a bit more about that? I know you also mentioned, especially since it's Pride Month, did it have anything to do with the gay community? So the, the details we're still f we're forming right now. So we're best uh, we're being careful, um, but also quite direct. And we believe this was a targeted, uh, specific attack related to gender expression and gender identity. And so uh, in in absolutely uh, we're you know for the two SLGBTQ plus community uh, we believe was targeted sort of broadly and at large here. Uh, we don't believe that the individuals themselves were targeted for that purpose, but we believe that the. Uh, the class uh, subject uh, was of interest to the suspect, and that was uh, the, the origins of what's transpired. You said he carried two knives with him? Yes. And, and also, uh, can you tell us where he's from? He's an international student. Um, so I just want to be consistent with the information that we have released. Have we provided that information to date yet? Okay, so uh, just to be consistent, we have not provided the information. We will look forward to further follow-ups uh, as, as time That's transpires. That's okay. I provided yeah. it. I don't have the precise uh, timeline, but it was within minutes. You know, we were on campus and on scene within within three minutes, and it was shortly thereafter. So we can provide a follow-up with that precise uh, detail. Sir, I understand there was a delay in the alert system going out to the students in the university. Can you, up to 90 minutes, can you confirm that and tell us about that? I have no specifics about the alert system on campus there. Uh, so we have a member of the University of Waterloo here today who may be able to speak to that. But I'd just like to clarify that uh, the Waterloo Regional Police Service has an integrated member on campus with the University of Waterloo who helps to run and also coordinate the special constable services. So from a uh, partnership and a campus safety perspective, uh, we believe that it is a safe campus overall. We believe that there are measures in, in place from a planning and a reaction standpoint uh, that are in line with uh, public expectations and our best efforts to provide a safe campus uh, given its size and scope. So I know in speaking with policing partners across Canada that this has been a troubling and disturbing trend that we've seen, especially during Pride Month. I think we all know that there's a polarization in society right now, both online uh, and in the real world, and there's conversations that are uh, spilling over into everyday life. And so I can say that uh, we have seen in our community a small uptick in uh, events recently related to uh, uh, targeting the, the Pride uh, 2SLGBTQ plus community and hate-motivated incidents, and uh, we're absolutely focused on addressing those with the best efforts that we have. Uh, sticking with online, a couple of students that we spoke to, they said that they were hearing chatter about this attack. Um, is, is that something that uh, Waterloo Region has heard, or is that something you guys are looking into now? So I'm not familiar with any of the chatter. What I can say is there's a flurry of activity that does, that does occur. I'm not aware uh, from an investigative standpoint about information uh, before this event took place, but certainly um, after, um, you know, there's all kinds of conversations that occur online. So as part of a fulsome uh, and thorough investigation, we take everything into context and uh, our investigators will not leave anything out. We will leave no stone unturned and ensuring that we have a full scope of understanding what exactly has happened. And so can you go into more detail? You said once officers arrived, he was pretending to be a, a victim. 
Yeah, the, inf the information I have is that uh, once the initial attacks occurred, that there, you can imagine a flurry of, of movement and, and activity and that he sought to blend in and essentially to hide in plain sight, you know, uh, while we had responded and sought to blend in with those uh, who were also fleeing or present at the time. So um, thankfully, because of excellent witness information, we had a good description of, of who the individual was and we were able to identify that was a suspect we were looking for. So there was some uh, intervention, some of the students who were, can you speak at all about what, what transpired there or how they intervened or what happened? So uh, from what, I, what I'm aware of, I believe it was a class of approximately 40 individuals. And um, once the attacks occurred, obviously it was a, of great concern to everyone there, shock. Uh, and there was those who were um, seeking to actively uh, involve themselves to stop the attack, throwing objects. Uh, it's been described to me that some chairs and other objects were thrown at the attacker. So uh, I don't have a full picture for exactly what transpired, but I applaud those who uh, really sought to, to stand up and to intervene in the best way they could. And were some of those ones that were injured, the ones that intervened? Uh, I, I, I'm not sure, Jeff, uh, in particular, yeah. Chief, I'm sorry if you answered this, my apologies. Was he a student on campus or was he not related to school in any way? So to, to the best of my knowledge, I believe that he was a student at some point. I can't speak to his active uh, status uh, in terms of his, his graduation or, or status with on campus, but it's been described that he was a, a student at some point in time. Are you able yeah. to elaborate a little bit more on how you found out that he was targeting the LGBT community? Is there something that he said or something that he did that made it clear that so to, to date, and there's certainly more depth to the investigation, which we'll look forward to sharing at a later date once we have a fulsome picture. But uh, just the sheer notion that the, the class itself was a, 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 of a gendered studies or gender issues class, that was the, the title of it to our knowledge, that we believe this was a specific uh, and targeted um, you know, purpose for him to be there. Uh, we have information that he inquired about the, the title or the subject matter of the class, and we, we believe that was with purpose. And the information that we're gathering today believes, uh, lends us to believe through the course of our investigation and including an interview with the accused that uh, that was his purpose, was to make uh, a statement, was to purposely target that subject matter of gender identity and gender expression. So I'm not personally aware of, of any online activity. That's part of our investigation, and we look forward to potentially providing a follow-up response to that. Uh, what I can say that uh, there was that uh, exchange with the teacher in question that led us to believe that the, he was specifically interested in uh, the class subject itself from an ideological perspective. And also, uh, our investigators have sought judicial authorization uh, for the subject's residence, as well as uh, uh, a deeper scope in terms of um, any material that might lend us to understand what exactly was the mentality, what was the purpose of, of what occurred. Can you say now, Chief, I understand, I, sorry, sorry, I understand that the, there's an evidentiary value that is involved in that conversation, but the conversation he had with the professor was a victim. What was that nature without, without, I know it's a fine line there for you, but 
understand this fully, we have to kind of understand what that conversation. Yeah, I, I, conversation. I believe it was a short conversation just to understand and to verify the the subject matter of the class. So he asked yeah. Professor, what is this what's class? the what's the class? Yeah, something to that nature. Yeah. Essentially, yes. Was he known to police at all? Uh, he has no criminal record. You said there was a, like an additional charge for him, a little bit from uh, I believe about a week before. Can you speak about that at all and what that charge is about? So uh, I'm not maybe Jeff. I'm, I've confused maybe something here. What I can verify is. Um, because there was an individual who was not physically injured, but there was an attempt to, to harm another individual, we've laid an additional count of assault with a weapon uh, for the attempted assault uh, with a knife on an individual who was able to escape from uh, the grass. But I'm not... Uh, Is there a mystery yeah. charge um, so that's that's a portion of the investigation that we're a still um, we're still not uh, <laughs> this disclosing at mischief? this point in time what? related to an object that was destroyed, and uh, we'll provide further information uh, as the investigation unfolds. So, so what I can say is uh, locally and also across uh, Ontario and Canada, we've seen uh, a number of pride flags that have been um, torn down, taken down uh, in that manner, and that relates to, um, you know, to a mischief-related offence. And so um, I think you're all aware that there are hate-motivated incidents which may not be reach the criminal threshold of a hate crime. And there's also hate crimes, which reach that uh, strict legal definition. But um, we have seen and heard across Canada that there is a, a disturbing trend of, of this sort of, um, you know, uh, targeted uh, mischief or destruction of property, um, specifically related. I really to need to know what mischief is. <laughs> and we can provide some additional uh, information in regards to the numbers that we've seen over the past couple months. Happy to do that. Yeah. Sorry, my, my last one. So. Um, there's this disturbing trend of mischievous individuals across the country. It's a trend of mischievousness. How things have kind of been increased uh, the last little while. So what's happening now with, on campus? Is there going to be an increased police presence uh, for the next little while? Because obviously classes are still going on. And I don't know if you have a message for students that um, you know, are, uh, might be on edge with having something like this happen. So we work very closely with our partners at the University of Waterloo and just want to, to make it clear that we believe that we have addressed the threat uh, immediately and we have restored to the best of our nature a sense of calm and, and safety to uh, the campus and the larger community based on eliminating the threat of this individual. We have no reason to believe that there's any others uh, related to this specific incident. Uh, in terms of any messaging to students and the larger campus community and the, the city of Waterloo and the region at large, um, we just want to reinforce, um, you know, certainly extending our condolences that this has occurred. Um, Chair Redmond spoke well about, uh, um, you know, the unacceptability of any uh, act of hatred within this community, but our hearts go out to all those impacted uh, directly, but those who are watching and listening and hearing that uh, this has occurred in our community. It doesn't speak to our values as a police service. It certainly doesn't speak to our values as a region and I think a society at large that people will be uh, in any way, shape or form targeted for who they are, how they express themselves 
gender identity, gender expression, or otherwise. So we certainly want to reinforce to all those impacted that we are here for you. As a police service, we will continue to work tirelessly to address this specific investigation, but also to address hate and hate incidents more broadly. And this is a, an important uh, investigative avenue for us where we will do everything we can to work with all community partners um, tirelessly to address uh, issues of this nature. So we work, um, you know, on a couple levels. First is the initial response, and then we have specialized investigators that do the fulsome analysis. We have members that work uh, in intelligence services that work with uh, not only provincial but also federal partners working at on uh, hate crimes, um, online, uh, you know, presence of those um, who, you know, who may be of concern um, from an online perspective. So the course of this investigation will have a, a couple different phases. Well, we'll, we'll analyze the information that we have at hand through the judicial authorizations, and we'll seek to ensure that there aren't any uh, affiliations, any connections at a larger scale. Uh, when it comes to hate crime investigations, there's also a component um, of um, working to, to with the crowns, whether provincial or federal, um, to look at hate incidents and hate crimes themselves, to understand um, you know the depths of what we're able to work from a prosecution standpoint. So it's all in partnership, and, uh, and we'll look forward to providing further information as the investigation unfolds. We're still at an early phase, and we believe that our investigation, investigation uh, will reveal further details that will be of interest moving forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of our response, not only from an emergency perspective, but then there's the whole phase of providing uh, assistance to victims and witnesses as well. Uh, the impact of trauma uh, from violence, but even in a deeper sense, um, is part of what we and our community partners are dedicated to, to addressing. So um, we had an, a, a, certainly a presence throughout last night and into today uh, on campus uh, and, and beyond conducting those interviews. We're interviewing uh, quite a number of people to understand exactly what happened. But that's just the first phase. We then work with victim services and other partners to provide support. And because there's an equity, diversity, and inclusion lens to this, that's the additional outreach and work that we do uh, as a comprehensive public safety service to ensure that there's deeper things to address here. There's the incident and there's the, the total impact of what's occurred more broadly. And so very proud of our members and working with our community leaders and community partners to address this from a specific but then a broad level as well. <laughs> So part of the uh, timing of today was just staging this to allow uh, the court proceedings to occur. So the individual was held uh, overnight in, uh, and then um, was uh, available in court today for a bail hearing. At the time that I uh, entered here today, uh, I believe that the court proceedings were still being finalized. And so we made recommendations uh, to remand the individual in custody, which is uh, when something of this magnitude occurs, because we have continued investigative avenues to go down, that's uh, a normal uh, investigative um, or um, another normal recommendation that we make. And so we'll have to wait to see uh, the official news from the court, and we may have that in short order to provide. 
Okay, uh, I, I believe there's no further questions. I just want to thank all those who attended here today. I want to thank uh, all those from the WRPS who brought together today. Yeah. And I just want to reinforce uh, our partnership with the University of Waterloo. I want to thank Chair Redman and uh, all community members um, and all members uh, who have interest here today. This is uh, a shocking and unacceptable event in Canada, in Ontario, and in Waterloo Region, and we will do everything in our power to address it uh, to the fullest extent. If you have any specific questions, yeah, Mr. Rush can address them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to reinforce what the chief said about um, the uh, swiftness in coordination between uh, Waterloo Regional Police Services and the on-campus constable services in responding to the incident uh, and to uh, uh, br um, bringing the incident to control. But uh, on campus, we did have uh, some concerns about the coordination of all the channels of communicating. So, whereas some uh, social media. Uh, uh, university-based accounts were putting uh, messages uh, out and the web-based communications were occurring. The coordination with our uh, emergency uh, incident alert system wasn't activated as quickly as we would have uh, uh, normally expected. Uh, and there are there are a number of reasons for that, but it's a priority for us. All right, so this is just kind of bullshit at this point. So we'll move on to the next thing I wanted to talk about in this. Um, but again, you know, the rhetoric is hate. We have to fight hate. How do you fight hate? Is anybody talking about why they hate? What What is the hate? Hate is always wrong. So long as it is that they hate anything that we like. You know, again, if you don't want people to hate you, leave their children alone. That'd probably be a good plan. He didn't just go attack random LGBTQ people. He went and attacked someone teaching gender studies, which again, I don't advocate for that don't commit violence but you're going to make it a hell of a lot more likely that somebody's going to want to do that if gender studies keeps getting pushed into classrooms with exceedingly younger children that is going to be dangerous that is going to get people hurt and then parading around at pride parades saying we're coming for your children doing men's choir videos saying we're coming for your children that's going to get people hurt. Remember, that's what I said, guys. This is going to get somebody hurt. I said it like, what, two days ago? And and I can't confirm, once again, that this guy went into this classroom and stabbed people because of, you know, what was said at the Pride Parade. But I think that stuff like that is a hell of a lot more dangerous than the other things that people are trying to equate this to. And I put up a poll. Right now, you can vote. Do you? What do you believe causes these violent incidents? Either dangerous right-wing rhetoric or we're coming for your children and i'm actually pleased to say that some people who are watching my show did click on dangerous right-wing rhetoric because it means that i still have some diversity of opinion going on here you know but i will ask you if you will you know if you so desire you know please defend that position because i just don't think you know that it's anywhere near as important so i'm gonna move on um, we're going to watch the, the video now that is the reason that I wanted to do this stream. I, I literally watched this video with Brianna Joy Gray and Robbie from Rising discussing this issue. 
And that's what made me go, all right, no, nah, fuck that. I'm going live. So we're going to watch that together. And um, thanks for tuning into V Radio today. That's 60 viewers today, guys. Looking good. I had 70 at one point. It, it keeps bouncing up and down. So I don't know if it's just people that are jealous of my sexy velvet voice. Or, you know, if they just decided, well, all right, never mind. It's boring. I'm going to watch some myth. So you're always welcome here, folks. All right. So now we're going to watch the rising video about this. And I'm going to do a reaction to what gets said here because it's just nuts. Here we go. Three people were stabbed Wednesday at the University of Waterloo in Canada during a class on gender studies. Now, according to reports, a man wielding a knife burst into a classroom demanding to know the subject being taught. He then stabbed the professor and two other people. The victims sustained non-life-threatening injuries. Thank goodness. The suspect was apprehended and taken into police custody after the incident. The Waterloo Regional Police Service sought to reassure the public that there was no further threat to public safety. Investigators are still trying to determine a motive. We've buried the lead a little bit. Um, a crucial part of the story and why it's gone so viral on Twitter is that uh, the witness uh, allegedly entered the classroom, asked the professor what the class was about, and then pulled out two knives and started to stab people. And the subject of the classroom was gender studies. So this has ignited a conversation about the extent to which and whether the um, stigma, stigmatization of gender studies broadly and the, um, uh, the, the, the legislation that's been coming down the pike that attacks uh, trans people's right to dress the way they want, to identify, to get medical interventions that they want, et cetera, have contributed to an atmosphere where people are willing to commit these kind of heinous acts of violence. Uh okay, so let's go over what she just fucking said. She said that now a conversation has been ignited on Twitter on whether or not these laws that are being passed against LGBTQ people and the dangerous rhetoric of the right is what creates the environment that lets people think that it's okay to stab people in classrooms. Like, I, I, this like made my brain explode. Like, I, I couldn't believe that she said this. This is so ridiculous. So, and, and the other reason why this is important, guys, is that to suggest this, but at the same time, if Daryl Brooks drives his car into a Christmas parade and murders eight people, including a little boy, and then injures 40, then it's about the mental health crisis in this country. If And, and Daryl Brooks had, again, black supremacist, racist stuff all over his social media. But it's about mental illness. It's not the rhetoric of Black Lives Matter saying there will be fires, there will be riots, and there will be bloodshed. And if anybody doubts that that was said, I've got a clip of it, right? It wasn't that. You know, it's none of that. That dangerous rhetoric that has nothing to do with why Daryl Brooks might have taken a mind to driving his car through a Christmas parade and killing people. Or the New York City shooter, who again, openly stated in his own YouTube, or not, actually it wasn't YouTube, it was, he had, his, he had a Facebook 
channel that he went live on all the time. And a guy who was a straight up weird black supremacist, black nationalist, was talking about armed revolution, you know, where they kill all the white people, you know, and then he goes into a subway and he shoots a bunch of people, right? Couldn't have anything to do with the rhetoric that is going on right now that is actively demonizing anyone who is white or straight or male or whatever, right? Definitely just the mental health crisis in this country. This is how they always do it. And sometimes they step on their tongue, so to speak, when they make up dumb things. So if you remember my coverage of the Buffalo shooter, Rolling Stone wrote an article stating that the Buffalo shooter was not a lone wolf, that he was just a mainstream Republican. Come to find out, when you read the guy's manifesto, the Buffalo shooter was, in fact, identified as a left authoritarian um, and that he had studied communist ideology since he was 12. Now, he was absolutely a white nationalist, but he was a left authoritarian white nationalist. He had left-leaning ideas, but he was also racist. And the problem is, is that the right and the left now don't seem to get this, and the left in particular just suggests you can't be on the left if you're racist. They, they again, I, and I did another video about the political compass and the way that they want it to work. I, they don't understand that you can't have a binary of right versus left if you're going to create a situation where, for example, I'm supposedly strong right wing, even though I voted for Bernie Sanders in 16 and 20. I'm supposedly far right wing, even though I support Medicare for all, free college, et cetera, et cetera. And, I, and I'm not going to get into defending that on this broadcast because it's not relevant to what we're talking about. But somehow I can hold all of those beliefs and still be right wing. Somehow Joe Rogan votes for Bernie Sanders and is still right wing. Somehow Tulsi Gabbard, whose platform is almost identical to Bernie Sanders, is far right wing. Somehow Brett Weinstein, who worked for an extremely progressive college before he got run out by an inquisition, is somehow right wing. Right. But anyway, I don't want to get too far off topic. So. I'm going to play this part again real quickly, and then we're going to go into the rest of this video. The um, stigma, stigmatization of gender studies broadly and the, um, uh, the, the, the legislation that's been coming down the pike that attacks uh, trans people's right to dress the way they want, to identify, to get medical interventions that they want, et cetera, have contributed to an atmosphere where people are willing to commit these kind of heinous acts of violence uh, against others. So again, don't pass laws that prevent early gender transition of children because it might be the cause of somebody going into a classroom and stabbing people. That, that's the logic. That, that's how we're tracking this. And this is only going to get worse. And Robbie... I get the feeling that Robbie is kind of barely clinging to his job. That's going to be the guy you're going to hear from in a moment. He's a libertarian. And because he he pushes back here, but sometimes it just feels like he has to sit there silently suffering, listening to Brianna Joy Gray talk. And I would love to debate her because her whole strategy, if you push back on her, is just to talk over you and interrupt you. And I love those people because I can shut them down. And I actually watched another pundit who was on two episodes of Rising before they got rid of her do this to Brianna Joy Gray. Wrecked her face. But anyway, let's get into the rest of the video. 
Notably, this happened in Canada, right. so there it's not was US not a legislation right. involved. So what I was going to which is why Robbie just said, "Well, this happened in Canada. What does it have to do with U.S. legislation about kids transitioning?" Then say is that this happened in Canada, and one of the chief objectors to quote unquote gender ideology is Canadian Professor Jordan Peterson, who just uh, two days ago on June 26 tweeted out. Um, it is the most re reprehensible falsehood that the therapeutic and medical communities ever propagated, and then uh, this is the name of a trans person, and utterly unwarranted by the facts, prison for the liars and butchers or millstones in the deep blue sea. And some pointed out, you know, this is an indictment, to, uh, a call to drown people who would promote this kind of gender ideology. And how far away is that from someone taking it in their own hands and stabbing a gender studies professor? Right. Like I've said on many occasions, I don't think one should use violent or extremist rhetoric in service of their causes. I think the people who carry out violence, it's on them. And I want to again point out, so now we're going to blame Jordan Peterson. It's Jordan Peterson's fault. Jordan Peterson needs to stop pointing out the truth that there are serious side effects for children to transition that we don't have enough evidence about it. Because if he keeps doing that, people might randomly walk into classrooms and start stabbing gender studies professors. Again, not the mental health. Mental health is only the, the very convenient excuse for any time somebody who is pushing the woke agenda does something like this. Then it's mental health. Let's keep going. And that is never a acceptable reasonable course of action so i'm glad that no one was seriously harmed and i hope this person this person should be imprisoned and prosecuted to the full extent of the law and everyone should um, consider um dialing back their rhetoric obviously they have every you have every so now he's acquiescing we should consider dialing back our rhetoric should the people who say said, we're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children, should they dial back their rhetoric? Should they? Nah. We, we, we got to go after the people that are opposing extremely uh, experimental and untested solutions to kids who've been socially contagioned into believing that they're in the wrong body. Then these, these, these things will stop. Right to express a socially conservative or conservative view on, um, on gender issues and to think that um, what, what I suppose the, the, the child relevant part of the gender question that the medical proceedings and all of that is wrong or should not be done. Um, you have the right also to support legislation that accomplishes that, but you don't have the right to stab people because they disagree with you or they're teaching something you don't approve of, obviously. So, so prison for the person involved and everyone turned down that rhetoric. Yeah, it's interesting because there are, you know, any calls to turn down rhetoric or any calls to suggest, as many in the LGBTQ community and allies have been pointing out, is that if you characterize people that you disagree with as subhuman, as um, as as monstrous, or as as having values that equate to being a, a pedophile, a or straight white cis males, 
or suggesting that anybody might be a pedophile, but they are very quick to jump in the church bandwagon, just like I mentioned earlier. Groomer, the lowest of the low. Then the consequence of that is some people are going to think that it's morally justifiable to murder them, right? We live in countries, not Canada, I don't believe, but we certainly live in a country where we have the death penalty and the state takes the position that it is able to kill people if they have committed certain kinds of transgressions, if they've broken the law in certain kinds of ways. And vigilantes believe increasingly that they are able to carry out that sort of vigilante justice without the uh, influence or the, uh, uh, the criminal justice system interceding first to actually make some assessment. And there's been some frustration, obviously, we debated at length about the context of the Jordan Neely um, incident on the New York subway and whether or not that kind of vigilanteism is both right and or encouraged by certain kinds of rhetoric about the dangers of mental ill or homeless people. And similarly, now there's this conversation about, you know, how much responsibility do public figures who are very popular, Jordan Peterson has millions of followers on Twitter and beyond, um, tweeting out things like, uh, prison for the liars and butchers, butchers or millstones in the deep blue sea you know, a millstone around one's neck means to drown them in the ocean. Um, whether or not, you know, regardless of whether if there's any legal liability here, but whether or not it's just a good idea for us to be talking about communities of people or teachers who simply teach gender studies in a way that would lead some people or contribute to some people having the belief that they deserve death, you know. Sure. I agree that that is not rhetorically smart. I mean, again, they're from the from the Jordan Peterson or the very socially conservative perspective. Their perspective is that these people are advocating policies that are akin to mutilation of young people. So I understand Butcher why is from how their, refer to them, from their yeah. perspective. I mean, again, it's a disagreement on the fundamental policy. But that's, that's if you the agreed problem. that that policy was akin to child torture or something. You would, you would be justified. Speak, you would feel no, justified would, in killing someone, which is the problem. That's would exactly speak the problem. Very heatedly about the views and practices of the people doing that. You don't have the right to engage in vigilante stuff, I, I, and I don't think most socially conservative people accept that you do either. Mm. And the overwhelming majority of them want to address these things by um, by the legislative process, and doing that uh, requires building more support for your position and random acts of violence being perpetrated against the group of people you disagree with does not actually inspire more public confidence in your in your position. Mm. So that's something I think more on the right should keep in mind if they want to, as they're seeking to build some kind of movement for implementing these policy changes, is that, um, you know, crazy people stabbing or shooting people um, who, who might like you or like the things you say is um, bad PR. And ultimately, this is all, this is PR if you're trying to win a legislative battle. Um, yeah, um, of course, we don't know what the motives of the perpetrator are. This is still very recent. And sure. the fact that he asked what the, what the subject of the, uh, the class was has led people to believe that this was politically motivated. Of course, we could find out in the coming days that it's not, it's not what it appears to be superficially. But certainly the optics at this time asking what the subject was before perpetrating the crime does seem to suggest that the subject had something to do I mean, with the choice to perpetrate right, the crime. Right, that is perfectly plausible, although you're right to caveat that we don't really know. This could be someone 
I don't know that that I don't know how old this person was. The teacher gave him a bad grade, or someone he knew a bad grade, well, or something. Well, they assaulted or it's a, both the teacher it's a, and two students. Right. I mean, I was reading in one of the in one of the uh, violent incidents. I can't remember which one at the at the um, at a at a gay um, establishment. Um, the the perpetrator is now saying that. Um, well, he was just, he was on drugs and it had nothing to do with anti-gay animus, which of course, the, you know, he's facing hate crime charges or something. So I'm not saying take, don't take the perpetrator at their word necessarily, but, um, you know, and we, and we do, we always have to keep in mind the, the Pulse shooting, which infamously did not in fact turn out to be, um, uh, an example of someone from their mindset perpetrating an anti-gay issue. It was a, it was. Yes, yeah, certainly years ago there was an incident in New York in a Dallas barbecue where uh, what was described as a large black man hit a smaller white man, gay, a gay man over the head with a chair and it was first reported out. Now this is important. Watch how quickly she immediately jumps off the topic of the fact that they covered the pulse shooting as being an anti-LGBTQ attack and then it was found to not be the case that she immediately had to pivot to another story because they don't ever want to admit that that was something that they reported badly because it didn't actually play into their rhetoric at all. Let's continue. That is a hate crime for it turned out that the black man was also gay and there was some argument, I think, that was actually racial in nature that might have instigated it. So certainly uh, we should uh, we'll continue to follow the story and see what it bears out. But the ongoing conversation that it's provoked about the relationship between a certain kind of rhetoric by a very high profile people that doesn't just talk about disagreeing with the politics, the views of somebody else, but suggests that they should be killed. Um, is a real issue. Tim Pool obviously was recently um, implicated in one of these conversations after the um, uh, white supremacist shooter with the swastika tattoos and the recent uh, shooting, I think it was that was the Texas Mall shooting, was discovered to have liked Tim Pool, talked about Tim Pool, advocated for, you know, posted his videos and things like that. And there, instead of responding and saying, well, obviously I disavow that behavior, it should be pretty easy to disavow a white supremacist murderer. There was this effort to say, well, is he really a white supremacist? Could he be a white supremacist because uh, he's Latino? Can yeah, there's an effort to find out what actually happened, Brie. That's what journalism is, you fucking hack. Imagine that anybody might want to know the truth. Right now, you're you're decrying anyone who dared to analyze, well, wait a second, this doesn't work. Because you have to remember, they need the white supremacist boogeyman. That's why it, when they cover the Uvalde shooting, they don't talk about the shooter at all. You know why? Because he was freaking Mexican. And Mexicans are not more inclined to commit shootings, just so we're clear. But he definitely did not fit the rhetoric that they were pushing for. The rhetoric is... Only male white supremacist conservatives commit these acts. And that anytime somebody who is not one of those people does it, we're going to talk about it as little as possible, or we're going to bust off of that and only talk about the police reaction to say something like Uvalde, right? That's why they never talk about the shooter, because his name is like Santana Ramos or something like that. I mean, he was, he was obviously not white. So... She is, you know, basically a total hack for calling out, well, yeah, how dare you have the rhetoric to try to discover whether or not the person is actually a white supremacist. You should just join in with us in calling this person out with no evidence. This woman is a moron. Or maybe she's hoping we are. 
But like she went into here very specifically. It was like, you know, with her attitude about the whole thing was like, oh, well, I need to prove that Jordan Peterson is at fault for this. You know, how dare you speak, you know, negatively about people who are harming children? You, that might lead to reprisals. You, do you think she's going to make a video calling out that, hey, maybe it's not such a good idea to engage in rhetoric that includes we're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children? You think she's going to talk about that? No. Can't, you know, are the tattoos a deep fake? And we had this bizarre media cycle that could have, I think, just been preemptive, preempted by saying, hey, I don't support mass killings and um, Nazism. But that is, seems to be increasingly a difficult thing for folks to say today. Um, well, to I see don't if there's any response. mass killings and Nazism. You really twisted my arm. Fine, <laughs> I'll concede. I don't support mass killings if, or Nazism. If, it's a difficult thing to say you don't support mass killings and Nazism. Nobody said that they supported it, you fucking twit. They said that the person may not be a white supremacist because you, the media, has a tendency to lie about this topic. You have a very specific good guy, bad guy, nonsense role that you want to create here, which is... We need as much evidence that straight white Christian, you know, adult males are really dangerous. Like, do you remember that was like, oh, God, I remember like there was an article after uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was exonerated that straight white conservative males were the most dangerous demographic in the country because he they literally that was the name of the, the article it was on CNN, right? That is your desperately needed rhetoric, and that is why you won't get to the bottom of it when anybody who does not fit this rhetoric goes along. Like, it was in whenever that doesn't fit your narrative, then you're just going to either downplay it, you're going to distract. We need to talk about the Evaldi police reaction. We're not going to talk about who the shooter was, because then we might have to self-examine for a moment that it's not just voting for Donald Trump or things that Donald Trump says that might lead to mass shootings that it might be the dangerous rhetoric from, you know, people like Black Lives Matter saying there will be riots, there will be fires, and there will be bloodshed. Just might, right? So that was what I wanted to share with you guys. I'll interact here with the chat for a little bit, and then I got to go. So I want to thank you all for tuning in today. And um, remember to like and subscribe and ring the bell. Please hit the like button if you haven't already because otherwise you're going to forget. So I'll stick here with you guys a little while longer. But yeah, Brianna Joy Gray has been harmful to my head. <laughs> to put it lightly, um, which is unfortunate because she worked for Bernie Sanders. you know, And so it's, it's really too bad that she's gone down this rabbit hole. But she went into that segment fully hoping to start a fire to blame... Jordan Peterson and the laws that are being passed to prevent children from getting trans-affirming care. And you'll also notice when she mentioned that, she didn't point out that it was for kids. Nobody's trying to ban trans-gender-affirming care for adults. Not that I've seen, right? Pretty much, People are pretty much on that, but she left that little piece out. But it needs to be, if there are killings, it's your fault for having a problem with children transitioning. If, it, if there are killings, it needs to be your fault because you didn't like the books that we put in schools. If, there, if there's going to be killings, it's going to be your fault because you dared to bring up that there are, in fact, pedophiles 
in the education system that are using this opportunity to gain access to children, then it's going to be, it's your fault for even drawing attention to this fact. You need to just be quiet and shut up and vote the way we want you to, think the way we want you to, talk the way we want you to, use the terms and the pronouns that we want you to, and if you don't obey, then it might just lead to shootings. Now, if we are to say things like riots, fires, and bloodshed, and anybody happens to kill anyone, well, we need to address the mental illness problem in this country. I do agree. We need to address the mental illness problem in this country, but it's not from people like that that I'm as worried about. That's too obvious. It's the people pushing the mental illness, like in the nonsense that we just heard. Those people are the ones who need to be addressed, right? They're the problem. So again, I, I wish I could just sit there and argue with her. It's just like with Emma Viglund or some of these other people. I would give a testicle to be on the same stage as these people and be able to call them out right to their face. Because somebody should have said that right to her as she made that argument. And again, I'm going to have to go back and find the video. There was a woman, she has glasses, um, blondish hair, and they let her be on Rising a couple times. And I feel terrible for forgetting her name, but she destroyed Beyond a Dre Gray and did it just by being assertive. You know, she wasn't yelling at her or anything, but she just decimated her. And it doesn't take much. You just got to have a bit of a spine and you keep your composure. You know, you stay cool and you let them make themselves look like an idiot. You know, and that's the thing that's really messing me up, guys, is that, again, we had kind of leveled off on this issue and gay people were allowed to get married and do their thing, which is which is still honestly what the majority of them wanted. They just wanted to be able to conduct their lives and be left alone. And all of this nonsense is literally going to set everybody back. We're going to go and you already see these conversations. People are saying, well, we gave them gay marriage and now they want our kids. Right. Like that's, <laughs> but that's unfortunately the result of very stupid activism, just like all of the racial activism that has just led to, you know, more interest in racist theories about black people, right? None of it's working. None of this is helpful. And, you know, again, I, it's very hard for me to believe anymore that this is accidental. This did not organically evolve. I mean, sitting in Occupy when it happened, when we went from the 99% to suddenly being the, you know, the uh, shattered remnants of a, of a once powerful group because we need to argue over which one of us is higher up on the progressive stack. Well, how do you get there? Well, my opinion, which is still just an opinion, is more important than your opinion because I am black, trans, and gay, you know, and therefore I'm higher up on the stack than you. It's not, an, it's not about equality. It's about an inversion of the perceived hierarchy. They're trying to, in their view, turn everything upside down. You know, and it just destroyed Occupy, and it's still rotting out other groups that allow this sort of nonsense to go on, right? So, you know, it's definitely organized. There's something going on here, and I honestly wish that well, I mean, it's starting to happen. That's the other thing, guys, is that I do have some hope because they're starting to be pushed back. Like the the push to try to separate the LGB, LGB from the T and the Q, for example. That's a real thing. It's starting to happen. But it's going to take more people to have the spine to stand up and say, no more. That's it. We're done. No, you're not canceling me. 
no, I'm not going to be quiet. And it's not my fault if somebody goes into a gender studies classroom and wants to stab the teacher. Maybe look into where gender studies comes from for a moment. Maybe look into where queer theory comes from for a moment and then wonder if that might have anything to do with it. Because in all the time that I have ever had any kind of, or I'm sure anybody else, has ever had any violent impulses on this topic, it didn't have anything to do with Jordan Peterson tweeting about it. It had everything to do with finding out, wait a minute, gender studies and queer theory come from pedophiles? You know, that gender studies comes from a guy who committed scientific fraud. His name is John Money. And again, the universities, when you catch them talking about it, they admit that John Money is the, is the reason that those classes even exist. And that, that guy convinced a couple to raise one of their children as a girl and never tell them that they were a boy. And then lie about it to the, to the kid. And then he lied to the scientific community. That is the basis of where this gender identity ideology bullshit comes from. We're still teaching college courses about that. We're making policies based on that. We're making policies on the work of people like Kinsey, who for some reason has a table. It's table 34 that literally has data on how long it takes three-month-olds to have orgasms. We're making policies based on that. People can get college educations in that. Really? You know... Uh, yeah, and yes, both of those twin boys did eventually take their own lives. So that's why I got to make OK Groomer. It's, and I've just got to pepper people with a, a nonstop, like, full magazine, you know, auto fire of here's all the images of the things that you claim are not happening. Here's all of the rhetoric surrounding it, like George Takei lovingly and laughingly sharing with everyone how he was molested at 13 years old at a camp. You can watch that video on my bit shoot. Um, he, in fact, that he talked about it three separate times, one of which was on the Howard Stern show. And if there was any question about who one was ta who was talking, it also includes a video of him being like going over in detail on video, describing what happened to him. Right. So, Somebody is intent on causing more problems. And, you know, and I, and I come back to the same thing that I said earlier, guys. If you were an evil genius and you wanted to, you know, an evil racist and homophobic genius, wouldn't it be cool if you could figure out a way to convince black people that their activism should be centered on resegregating themselves? You should convince black people to once again bring about the stigma against interracial marriage that if you convince black people to do this for you right what if you convinced black people to burn down their own cities to cause more poverty where they live you know if you're an evil genius th this is great shit if you read critical race theory documents yourself and i advise that you do so they openly state no we should be paying attention to not Martin Luther King, but Malcolm X during the time period of his life when he was a black nationalist, racist, you know, black supremacist. That That's the model we need. And critical race theory openly states that it draws from black nationalism and black supremacy. So if you're a real racist and you want to put black people down, then convincing them to go violently burn down their own communities, which causes more poverty, again, 
that's genius. You don't have to go do the Tulsa race massacre. You can just convince them to do it to themselves, right? And then let's say you really hate queer people. Let's say you just despise them and you, you want to see them dead. Wouldn't it be kind of a cute trick to convince all the queer people to sterilize themselves? Wouldn't that be cute? If you wanted to kill all those people, just convince all of them to sterilize themselves. What kind of a strategy is that? That, that sounds pretty effective, right? Because that's one of the biggest problems here. And the funny thing is Jordan Peterson is supposedly labeled like homophobic and all that is the one who keeps pointing out the study that says if you leave these kids alone, 80% of the time they figure out, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm gay. And then they move on with their lives, right? But no, if you feel that way now, you're being told that the answer is to sterilize yourself. So I guess uh, Tam is saying that France... Is there a George Floyd summer of love thing going on or whatever? I don't, I'll look into that later. Um, I just, it was that rising thing that really made me feel, oh, no, nah, I ain't letting this go. I can't believe this bitch is going to turn this around and put the whole thing on Jordan Peterson posting about how jail or the millstone in the deep blue sea. Jordan Peterson wasn't suggesting that you go into a gender studies class and then grab the professor and throw them in the ocean. It's a metaphor, just like my picture here. Like, do you guys think I really want you to go out and behead Republicans and Democrats? No. But this is a metaphor. I want you to remove the concept of the two major political parties from your head. Th those concepts need to go away because... We end up in this situation where we only say, well, no, only the other side is evil so much that the truth is lost. That's why I did this stuff. That's why I do these videos. So like and subscribe and ring the bell. You know, make sure if you haven't already, please go to this little website. It's basically like a link tree, but link tree actually banned me without explanation. <laughs> well, their explanation was that apparently it's dangerous. Sorry about that. So this is my HY page um, on here. You can find me on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute. Um, it says podcast, but it's because if you go to this link, you'll find me on multiple different podcast platforms like Podbean and um, Apple Podcasts, et cetera. They're all linked. And then they're also on Spotify. I have Spotify video like Joe Rogan. This is my Facebook group. And the benefit of joining this is I can add everyone every time I go live. A lot of the reasons that I have these is so that you guys you know, um, have other ways to watch me for redundancy because, and a lot of people don't get notified when I go live. So, um, and then obviously this is my Twitter. If you click this, this is how you find me on Twitter. I'm actually shadowbound on Twitter. So you're going to have to do this if you want to add me on Twitter. If you want to support me on Patreon, PayPal, and Subscribestar, you can. I'm not actually hurting for money right now though. So that's not really a big motive right now. Um, I do have a Telegram channel. I just finally got that up and running again. And I'm, I post all of my shows there. And I really advise that you join our Discord. Our Discord community is very good. Um, it has both right and left-leaning people in it who have lively debates. The only rule is, please don't engage in personal attack. 
I have a kick channel. Kick is I'm I'm happy that kick exists, but like I would have to literally go in and create a segment every single time I went live on kick. It's one of the reasons I don't go live on Rumble every time. The other reason I don't go live on Rumble every time is because um, Rumble does this thing where right now it's uploading all of my stuff from YouTube, which is what I want it to do. But if I go live there too, then there'll be duplicates of everything. And Rumble won't let you delete things half the time. I don't know what the story is. And I do have a little TikTok. Um, again, the only reason I have a V-Radio TikTok is because I was making shorts because YouTube said that's what they wanted us to do. But they've never recognized any of my short videos as shorts. So... I hate trying to communicate a concept in under a minute anyway, but but that's why there's a V-Radio TikTok. So just for the sake of redundancy, folks, make sure that you check me out on these other channels because, again, I mean, you can see it. I cuss. I use um, violent footage if necessary. I use graphic footage and graphic images because I'm trying to get to the truth. Well, the algorithm doesn't like people like that. So I'm not motivated by money in any way right now, but I am motivated by trying to get the truth out. It helps me do something constructive. So please make sure that you're following me in these other mediums. And, you know, so because even if I do get deleted from YouTube, I'm not stopping. I'll, I'll go to these other mediums. So, but I don't want to lose you guys. It's just like I said, I keep thinking about Neo Unrealist got deleted from YouTube and he has a rumble and he's still on it, but it's, he's got way less followers on rumble than he did on YouTube. And that's exactly why they do this kind of crap. So Anyway, um, you guys take care. I really enjoyed streaming for you guys. I mean, I've done a lot of streams this last week or so. Um, you know, so if you really want to help me, don't worry about donating money right now. Just through word of mouth, tell people about my show. Link them to it, you know. Help me boost the signal. That That's how you can help me. That's how you can show your appreciation. So thanks for tuning in to V Radio, folks. I will talk to you all later.